Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I had a whole bunch of people send me this story out of Connecticut, and this is one of those bizarre stories. And it's similar to other stories I've done, but there's a twist here. Property owner returns to Connecticut, finds a new $1.5 million house on his land. And now the police are involved because, of course, it's his land, but not his house. Although if you build something on someone else's property, uh, it might become their house. But Dan Har wrote this for CT Insider. And he says, the last two years, the online land records page in the town of Fairfield has offered a fraud alert service. So anyone can sign up to see legal filings on their property. So if someone does something legally with your property, you'd get a notification about that. So it's part of the uh, careful new world we live in. But no one could anticipate the situation that's unfolding on Sky Top Terrace near the Sacred Heart University. A uh, Dr. Daniel Kenigsberg grew up in a house his parents bought on the semi-circular street back in 1953 when he was a one-year-old. After medical school in New York and residency in Maryland, he and his wife raised their two children on Long Island across the Sound from Fairfield. So he stayed in the area, has fond feelings and memories. So he never lost that fondness for the town. For decades, he held on to a vacant parcel just under a half acre which was next door to his childhood home. So the childhood home is gone, but he bought the property next door, which was vacant. Now, his father had bought the family land uh, in 1953 directly from the Parmley family, which is the family that settled the area back in 1716. So this property has roots that go way back to mix several metaphors. He hoped to pass it on to a future generation of Kenigsbergs, Certainly, if one of my children wanted to live in Fairfield, I'd be very happy about that, he told the newspaper from Long Island. So in May of this year, he received a call from a childhood friend who had some bad news about a happening in Fairfield. Uh, One of their good buddies uh, was uh, in hospice in the town. And by the way, his friend mentioned, uh, they're building a house on the lot next door to your old home. Now, his friend didn't know that that lot belonged to him. But the guy said, oh, they're building a house next door where you used to live. And so Kenigsburg said, they're doing what? (laughs) I own that. I never sold it. I was shocked. So he came across as quickly as he could, and he visited his friend who was in hospice. And then afterwards, he stopped by Sky Top Terrace, where the family home on the corner of Sky Top Drive was long since sold. But the parcel next door was his, or so he thought. And so over the decades, he had watched this piece of property go from being a scrubby plot to a thickly wooded mini forest. That is, until he was looking at a cleared lot with uh, a four-bedroom house, nearly completed, uh, needed still to be sighted, but it was on his parcel at 51 Sky Top Terrace. It had popped up without his knowledge, after a land transaction that appears to be an elaborate scam, according to the lawsuit that he has now filed in federal court in Connecticut. Town records point the way to explaining part of this. In October of last year, somebody using the name Daniel Kenigsberg, which of course is his name, but claiming to live in Johannesburg, South Africa, granted the power of attorney to a local lawyer. 
And of course, the power of attorney would be the right to sign legal documents on behalf of someone else. So that same day, nine months ago, a firm known as 51 Skytop Partners LLC purchased the lot from the South African Kennigsberg, according to the land records, for $350,000. So by January of this year, a local construction firm affiliated with 51 Skytop Partners had a building permit in hand. The development was off the races in a real estate nightmare, exactly what land use law is designed to prevent was unfolding. So the lawsuit the true owners filed cites Connecticut trade laws and names as defendants the Skytop Partners who are building, uh, which they say are owned by a bunch of individuals, and claimed that the man who owned the property legally originally is suffering irreparable damage and that he never authorized the sale of his property to anyone. So he's seeking to void out the uh, 2022 sale, and he's asking for a jury trial on damages and compensation, uh, and he's asking for up to $2 million there, according to the court records. Now, the house that's being built there, uh, when finished, will be 4,000 square feet, five bathrooms, and spectacular amenities. Uh, and it is shown, apparently, for sale on the Internet, but it has a contingent offer of $1.475 million. It's described as Lot 2 Skytop Terrace, according to at least two websites complete with a computer-generated interior tour of the open-floor layout. Uh, it says, Stunning new construction built on a quiet side street by respected local builder. Great location, great backyard, room for play set, kick a soccer ball, or a swimming pool. I assume that means kick a soccer ball or put in a swimming pool, as opposed to kicking a soccer ball or kicking a swimming pool. Uh, although, you know, if you're going to buy a swimming pool, slam the doors, kick the tires, make sure. So it could be some family's dream, but those pristine hardwood floors that painted outdoor patio might never hold the soft footsteps of children or anyone else because, of course, this man might get his land back, which he should. The lawsuit seeks an order for the defendants to remove any structures and or materials from the property and restore the property to the condition that it was in prior to defendants' trespass upon it. So we don't know exactly what happened, but several different things could have happened here. One of which is somebody could have said, hey, there's that vacant piece of property. Who owns it? They look it up and they find out there's a guy named Kenigsberg. So you do a, a search on the old intranet and you find somebody in South Africa with that name. And go, do you own a piece of property in Connecticut, USA? Why, yes, I do. Okay, that's one possibility. Another possibility, of course, is that somebody could come along and go, that piece of property is interesting. I'd like to buy it. Can't find the owner, but I bet I can invent one. That's a possibility, too. Who knows? We don't know. But the fact of the matter is that someone who does not own the property can't sell it. <laughs> Had a professor once say there needs to be some kind of congruence between the person who owns it and the person who sells it. And so I can't sell you something I don't own. I mean, if I'm an agent acting on behalf of somebody, that's one thing. But, but here the guy says, look, I own this piece of property. Someone else comes along and purports to sell it to somebody else. That sale is obviously no good. And so some people might say, but Steve, let's suppose that somebody in good faith bought the property. I mean, how would you know? Because there's not like a, 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 you know, a VIN on the piece of property. There's not a, a tag, a, a, like a birth certificate you can go look at. You know, how, how would you know if the person you're dealing with is the correct person? Well, that's, that's your job, though. That is your job <laughs> because you don't want to wind up 
putting millions of dollars into something that you can't do anything with. And by the way, if I was the judge and these facts played out like this, that is, someone came along and bought the property from the wrong person and built a house, I would turn to the man who's the true owner and go, what do you want me to do with the property? If I'm the judge. And if he said, I want that house gone, I'd say, how fast can you get that house off that property? And if they say, we can't, you'd say, oh, no, no, you can. It's a question of whether you want to do it so you can reduce the cost of doing it, or do you want the court to do it and pass the bill to you? That's really what it boils down to. So now here's the other option. The builders could, if they wanted to, attempt to negotiate with this man and say, look, we apparently got scammed by somebody who took our money claiming to be you. And we're out $350,000. But now we've sunk so much more into this, it'd be worth it to us to pay you also. But of course, the guy doesn't have to sell. And we've talked before about damages and what courts can do to remedy situations. And in fact, there's an entire class that you can take in law school called remedies. And so the most common remedy you hear is cash damages. I sue somebody and they, they, they lose and they got a, you know, a judgment against them for $10,000. They get to cut me a check for $10,000 and the case is over. But there are other remedies also. And I've talked before about equitable remedies. That is remedies where the court orders someone to either do something or not do something. And one of the areas where you quite often see equitable remedies that are not cash involve things that are unique in some way. And, and, and one of those things is real estate, real estate. And now I've said this before, and I've had people want to argue with me about this, and that's fine. You can argue with anything you want. You, you can argue with the microphone. I don't, I don't care. However, there are pieces of property out there that are unique, meaning that if you took a look at this guy's property before it got built on and said, find me an equivalent piece of property to this, the guy could say you can't. Among other things, it has sentimental value. It's next door to where I grew up. So if I built a house and looked out the window, I'd see pretty much what I was looking out the window seeing when I was a little kid, to some extent, right? So the only property similar to that would be perhaps like I'm next to the other side or something. But you can't just go three blocks over and go, I found you an acre the same size and shape. That's not the same. And so there are some things out there that are either unique or close to unique. And they are not replaceable by money. And so there are situations where a court says, well, that's all you can get is money. You know, like in a, in a personal injury lawsuit, if you lost your leg, the court can't order the other side to give you your leg back. However, if there's a piece of real estate that this man owns and you offer to buy it from him and he says no, guess what? He gets the property back. So as long as his hands are clean... That shouldn't be a problem. Now, obviously, if he had been involved in this somehow, that's one thing. The other argument I've heard people raise when I've talked about topics similar to this is what if, what if somebody started building on your property and you saw it and you thought to yourself, you know something, I won't bother them right now. I'm going to let them finish. Then I'm going to pop up and go, hey, guys, thanks for the house. You built a house on my property. At a point like that, a court could look at you and go, wait a second, if you had let them know earlier, you could have kept them from spinning their wheels to such an extent that now, because of your inaction, 
they have been harmed a little more than they will be when we straighten this mess out. I'm not saying a court would deny you relief, but a court might look at that and go, you're not going to get quite as much out of this as you could have otherwise because of the fact that you knew about this and could have done something. But here, the guy says that he lives nearby, and apparently the land transaction took place in October of last year. He was notified on May 31st, and within a day or two went out and looked at it and saw his own eyes. Okay? So he jumped right on it. There's no delays in his part. So as far as I can tell from the story, he's done nothing wrong. So he deserves to get his house back. And quite frankly, they need to remove that house, unless he's willing to leave it, but remove that house and replant the trees, by the way. And I've mentioned before, one of my favorite statutes in Michigan is the unlawful removal of someone else's timber. So if you come onto my property and chop down a tree, you got to pay me for it. And it's not the cost of a tree. It might be the cost to replace the tree. And if it's a really big tree, the replacement cost can get exorbitant. And by the way, the statute I've mentioned before in Michigan allows for treble damages. So if you did that and you had no good reason for doing it, it's going to be three times the cost of replacing that tree. The good news is I can plant three trees or I can plant one and spend the uh, other money on a party because I got my tree back. I don't know. But this is a crazy story. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But... I have to also point out that somebody who's involved in the construction of the homes is listed as an LLC. Uh, I also would not be surprised. One possible outcome here is that the LLC could go, oh boy, we're in trouble. Well, guess what? Let's, let's limit our losses. Pull the plug on the LLC and walk away. And somebody might get a judgment against an LLC, which is a piece of paper against another piece of paper. So there you go. Property owner returns to Connecticut and finds a new $1.5 million house on his land. Now police are involved, as are the federal courts. Dan Ha wrote that for CT Insider. He's a columnist there. Great article. Thank you, my friend. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. The secret of creativity is knowing how to hide your sources.